I'm going to introduce uh, three people to you uh, now. Um, these are made-up names, so if it is your name, that is an entire coincidence. Okay, I feel like I should say that up front. First, let me tell you about Annabelle. There is an Annabelle in there. Uh, Annabelle knew that her relationship with her husband had been tense and troubled. But she'd not expected the sudden severing of that relationship. All that she'd built her life upon had been dismantled, shattered overnight. Annabelle feels abandoned and alone. I wonder if you know something of what loneliness feels like. Then there's Andrew. Andrew finds life hard too. Andrew's struggling at work. Relationship difficulties and harsh and demanding leadership. He knows he's, he may be a, a bit responsible for how he feels, but he is anxious about trusting people and even holds church at arm's length. I wonder if you relate to Andrew. Finally, let me tell you about Amy. Amy's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Amy spends her days concerned about the future. What will happen to her children after she's gone? What will be her experience in those last days? Will there be anything beyond the grave? Amy is afflicted and afraid. Does Amy's situation resonate with you here this morning? This is just three examples of people uh, that I've been impacted by. This is a picture of the people in need in this church and beyond our church in Huddersfield, into other towns and villages, all the way to the ends of the earth. These are some of the concerns that people have. But whatever our concerns, whatever your concerns, whatever their concerns, we have the good news today in God's word. We've got the good news of Jesus, and I'm confident that that's what you and I need to hear this morning. Today's passage is good news. However you may struggle today or in the future, whether you feel abandoned and alone, anxious and afraid, I'm confident that the good news today is what the Lord desires for you to hear and to cherish. At the start of verse 11, Jesus states the good news we all need to hear and respond to today and what people need to hear out there. The start of verse 11, what does Jesus say? I am the good shepherd. Look, anyone with children here, and so many children in this church, is such a blessing, may be familiar with this scenario. My sleep was disrupted by a creaking on the stairs and then a slow opening of the door to a tearful little face. I'm shattered and I lift the duvet and my precious child scampers in and climbs in next to me, snuggled snuggled up and, and sobbing. Does anyone relate to that? They then tell me that they dreamt of a nasty man that come looking for them. At this point, I'm looking around. Um, 
Because this kind of talk freaks me out. But I told my child it was okay. It's just a nightmare. Uh, I told them that I, I am here. And I'll stand, even despite my fears, I will stand between you and anything else, any danger. With me, you're safe. My child's sobbing slows down, breathing deepens. And then I eventually have the task of relocating my heaviest child um, back to the bedroom. The presence of dad, someone who loves them, someone stronger than them, uh, was enough for my child to find peace in that moment and rest from their fears. What Annabelle, Andrew and Amy and the world and you and I need to behold today is the strong one who is near you, near us and is for us. The start of verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus up front, declaring that whatever we Christians will experience, he will be with us and he loves us and he's able to deal with it. So my prayer has been, and this is just the end of my intro, that we would be strengthened by the good news that Jesus is the strong one for you. He is your good shepherd and he is the good shepherd that the people need to hear about in your lives. So why is Jesus the good shepherd? Well, let's just look briefly at this passage. Uh, it's so rich, uh, but we'll take some, some encouragement about why Jesus is the good shepherd from this passage. Only two points today, uh, each one about 30 minutes. Is that, is that okay? Is that normal? Only two points today. Don't know, that was a joke, by the way. Um, <laughs> don't know if that translated up, up here. Um, two points today. First, first point, why is Jesus the good shepherd? Because he is the serving shepherd. The first truth that should begin to melt our hearts this morning is that Jesus is not distant and dislocated from us. The creator and sustainer of the universe has seen our need and has lovingly drawn close. Jesus is the good shepherd that has lowered himself and come to serve his people. In verse 3 to 4, if you've got your Bibles open, if you've not, I'm going to read it to you anyway. But in verse 3 to 4, we see the truth of our good shepherd Jesus who is present and near to his sheep, his people. It says, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Here, Jesus is challenging Pharisees, religious leaders, with a picture of a serving shepherd. A shepherd who is present with his sheep. One who is near. But what we see here is unlike any other shepherd-sheep relationship outside of the film Babe, right? Uh, any shepherds here? Any farmers here? Claire's a farmer's daughter. My brother-in-law's a, a shepherd at Haddon Hall. This is unlike any other picture of the shepherd-sheep relationship that I've ever heard of. Jesus is giving a picture of a shepherd at work, but not distant with dogs. He is close and personal, and he is leading his sheep. Listen, if you are like Annabelle, Andrew, or Amy, this is the good news that you and I need to hear. 
abandoned, alone, anxious, afflicted, afraid. We need a good shepherd who is drawn close to us, his people, his sheep. One who knows us. One who knows you. One who will call you out of the pit of despair. Will speak to us in our isolation. Will lead us when we are lost. And care for us when we are in need. Jesus is saying in verse 11, I am that good shepherd. What does he say in verse 3? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whoever you are, whatever you are going through, Jesus knows you. When he says he knows you by name, he knows you. He knows all about you. He knows you by name. He desires that you and I would not be alone. Do you know this? Guys, do you know this truth about Jesus? That he is for you. This passage follows on from a dispute with religious people. I don't know if you know the Gospel of John quite well. But Jesus has just healed a blind man in chapter 10, uh, chapter 9. This is chapter 10 in chapter 9. Uh, and this brought into question Jesus' identity. Remember, after they had interrogated the man's, the, the, the previously blind man, man's parents, they've, they've interrogated his parents. The healed man himself was summoned by those religious leaders, these Pharisees. You may be familiar with the story and know that after the healed man declared that Jesus must be from God, he was thrown out by the religious leaders, cancelled by the religious elite. We can read that this once blind man's parents had also been afraid too that they might have been put out from the synagogue. Listen, God's people had experienced poor leadership at time, times throughout their history. I don't, know, I don't know what your experience of leadership is, good and bad, but God's people had experienced poor leadership throughout their history. In scripture, leaders, stewards of God's people through history were often referred to as shepherds. You know, you know this. Church leaders, elders today are called to be shepherds of God's people, his flock. And listen, these Pharisees were supposed to be shepherds of God's people, but they had their own agenda and they gratified their own desires, forsaking grace and truth. They crushed and they cancelled the common people. In Ezekiel chapter 34, long before this account with Jesus that we heard so clearly read, um, God's verdict is given to those who neglected their task as shepherds. It says this in Ezekiel 34. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You've not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. But then the sovereign Lord made a remarkable promise in verse 11 to 15 of Ezekiel 34. God himself said in Ezekiel 34, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so I, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them 
from all the places that they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture. And the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. Listen, I I read this week about um, a story that Charles Spurgeon uh, told. It was about an atheist and his child. I don't know if you've heard this little story. The atheist wrote on a piece of paper as he was training his child in his ways. God is nowhere. God is nowhere. Nowhere. N-O-W-H-E-R-E. God is nowhere. He gave the paper to his child and told his child to rehearse it. Rehearse that and say it aloud. It's awful, isn't it? Okay, rehearse it and say it aloud. God is no aid written on the paper. The young child instead misread it. Instead of God is nowhere, God is now here. God is now here. God is now here. Spurgeon said that this truth, the truth of a present and a near God, a truth read out by an innocent small child, pierced the man's heart and led him to Christ. Maybe you need to hear that truth this morning, that these words that were read so clearly about a good shepherd is not just rhetoric, but about a promised God who is now here, is now here, and he is for you, and he is for the nations, and he is for the lost. He is the one who came to seek and save the lost. And that includes you and I. Maybe you need to hear that story about that little child and know the truth about Christ even this morning. Maybe our mission, quite simply, brothers and sisters, friends, is to do what Philip did um, with Nathaniel. And just say, come and see. Come to my church. Come meet my my Christian friends. We're opening up the Bible. Come and see the one who left the splendor of heaven for his people and is now here. Maybe that is the simplicity of our mission, is to invite people to come and see the Good Shepherd. Do you know that he's come to seek and save the lost? It's such good news, isn't it? When we reflect on that. If you're able to hear his voice, then know this. Jesus, our God, he knows you. He is for you. He is with you. And he seeks to lead you out of the desert that you may find yourself in. This truth is strengthening and it is joy bringing. Remember Jesus said in verse 10, 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. What did Jesus say that he's come? For that they may have life and have it to the full. He desires that we're not left in a pit of despair, but that we would experience life in abundance. That's the invitation. Come and see. Come and see the one who offers us life in abundance. Yes, now, to be tasted now, but forevermore. Are you experiencing abundant life with the Good Shepherd? He is near. He invites you again to come to him today. So he is the Good Shepherd because he is the serving shepherd. He is the one that is drawn near to his sheep to serve them, to seek and save them. Second, could be a one-point sermon, really. <laughs> he is the saving shepherd. Jesus is the ultimate good shepherd because he secures forever in a place of blessing his people, his flock. This is the language of hope. Hope Church, this is the language of hope, right? Some of us really need to hear it today, though. Look, you may know that King David was a good shepherd. You know that, right? King David of old, he was a good, mostly, he was a good shepherd. But let me tell you why he was a good shepherd. Do you remember when he offered to fight Goliath? Remember that, everyone remembers that story, right? David said to Saul this, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. David was a good shepherd because he saved and secured his sheep. Like no shepherd I've ever met doing what he did. But incredible story. But David himself penned Psalm 23, didn't he? The Lord is my shepherd. David sang, I lack nothing. David saw his God as the ultimate one, able to provide for him and defeat the greatest of enemies, even death. We know this. I know we know this. David saw his God as the ultimate shepherd, able to give him an eternal hope and an abundant life in the present. Remember verse 6 of Psalm 23. Let me read it to you. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How can we and the people we love Share in this eternal hope and this abundant life today. Look at verse 11 again. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We're going to do some imagining now. It's about as creative as I get. Okay. Picture uh, beautiful and bright, extensive rolling pastures enclosed by a distant but impressive stone wall. 
the sheep in the pastures, bathing in the sunshine and drinking from beautiful, clear streams. We're all picturing it, yeah? But on the other side of that wall, picture a bleak and dark land. Carcasses and the stench of death and decay that causes you to gag, to retch. Poisonous ponds and rotting fruit. Can you picture that? The reality is because of our sin, and you know this, Hope Church, I know you do. Because of our sin, mankind is excluded from God's presence. Our relationship is severed with him. The dark land beyond the wall is my picture of our spiritual now without Christ. The spiritual now that is the reality of the lost and the least and the marginalised in your town, in your village, in your workplace and maybe even in your family. The dark land beyond the wall is my picture of our spiritual now without Christ. Our eternity without Christ. But the good news is, is that Jesus is our good shepherd. And he has come as the saving shepherd to bring you and I and the lost and the least and the marginalized that would come to him to take them beyond the wall to the beautiful pastures of true life and flourishing and fruitfulness that can be found in Christ Jesus himself. And that is what he's saying he's come to do. He's the good shepherd that lays down his life, which secures that transfer from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son, Christ Jesus. Jesus is no hired hand, but a loving, serving, and saving shepherd. In verse 12 to 13, Jesus contrasts himself, doesn't he, with a hired hand. But Jesus will not be put off by wolves or any opposition to this mission to seek and save the lost. This is his mission for those he loves. Look at verse 14 to 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, Jesus says, and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus knows his own. They know him and he lovingly gives himself for us. In verse 16, we have the incredible picture of a diverse people being rescued to a place of blessing. Look again at verse 16, if you have your Bibles. I'll I'll read it. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus has come on a rescue mission from God. And this rescue through Christ's own willing sacrifice will be extended beyond the Jewish people to the Gentiles, to every tribe, 
and nation and language the Bible teaches. And that includes the places where you live, the places beyond this, this church building. This gives us hope, doesn't it? Doesn't it, doesn't it give us hope as we seek to invite, like Philip to Nathaniel, invite people to hear about the Good Shepherd, as we seek to boldly share our hope and the good news of, of Jesus? Doesn't it give us hope? And again, it is a fulfillment of that, that prophecy in Ezekiel 34. Let me remind you, um, God's word says, uh, well, God himself says in Ezekiel, I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. Why will Jesus lay down his life? So that he might take his life up again and lead all his people to newness of life, an abundant life in his place of eternal blessing. Remember about laying down his life for sheep. Jesus says in verse 18, no one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Jesus is the good shepherd who is able to save from judgment and death. But listen, verse 18 demonstrates that all that will follow this passage that was read, all that will follow this passage, all the pain and the suffering that Jesus will experience for his sheep, This is Jesus' own choice for his people. It is his act of willing love and sacrifice. Why? So that his sheep, those he loves, you and I, brothers and sisters, would find a place of security and eternal blessing. And so that we would experience an abundant life even today. Listen, you are, this morning, you are invited to experience the good life with the Good Shepherd today. Have you responded to the Good Shepherd who who laid down his life for his sheep? Have you come to him who opened his arms wide on the cross for you to bring you across that divide, that wall? to a place of blessing for all eternity, into his fold. Do you know the good life with the good shepherd? Jesus speaks today through our Bibles. What did Jesus say? His sheep hear him, they listen to him, they follow him. Jesus speaks today through our Bibles. Are you listening to him? Are we making every effort to hear from our good shepherd? Will you allow him to to lead you and help you flourish under his loving rule? Will you? That's, That's a challenge for you to reflect on. Where are, where are the people that don't know Christ? Where are they, where, where are they going to find the good shepherd? I just want to encourage you. To, to take a moment, this is weird, just to look around a moment. Just glance left and right it's, if it's too weird, or just look straight ahead if you really can't, can't do it. 
Jesus will be found amongst the flock, amongst the sheep. That's why an invitation is often the most powerful form of evangelism. If we don't feel equipped to talk about substitutional atonement um, or some other theological truth, what we can do is extend an invitation for people to come and meet your church family, the flock that Christ has rescued beyond the divide, the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light, those that have experienced God's grace, those that testify to the truth of what Christ has done. And as people see them, well, if this is true, then they behold the glory of Christ to the shepherd who is amongst his, his, his people, his flock. Um, we wonder sometimes how we will encourage our children uh, in mission and evangelism. And we love Claire in particular, loves a lady, American lady called Jen Wilkins. I don't know whether you've ever come across Jen Wilkins, but Jen really challenged our family in how we might equip our children even to do evangelism. That's evangelism, sharing the gospel, the truth about what I've been talking about, about the Good Shepherd. And all she encourages us to do, and we try to equip our kids to do, is simply this. Kids, do not be afraid to invite them back to your house. That's it. Were you expecting something a bit more profound? (laughs) Maybe you were. But simple invitation. Would you like to come back to mine? Because if this is true, if Christ is to be found amongst his sheep, but two or more gathered, there I am. If this is true, then as my children invite uh, their friends back into our households, they behold something of the truth of the gospel as they behold the way that Claire and I interact, or, or the way that you interact in your household, the grace that is demonstrated. The countercultural way that you live your life, the table that is open, the grace that is demonstrated. So maybe that's a, a big takeaway for us today. That evangelism need not be some complex barrier that we can't get beyond. Maybe simply it is an invitation for people to come and meet God's people, either the household or the household of, of God in the, in the gathered church, um, to behold the glory of Christ, the good shepherd. Jesus is the one who can meet the deepest needs of the people that we are burdened for. Remember, God is now here. God is now here. Remember that. I, like many elders, have recently spent time with dear people whose earthly lives are drawing to an end. It's hard, isn't it? But it is a wonderful privilege too. In those times, I, and you can do this too, I share the good news of a good shepherd who came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I tell of a powerful shepherd who had compassion and fed 5,000 plus because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I tell the good news of a compassionate shepherd who took a little girl, the same age as my daughter, 12 years old, and took her by the hand and said to Letha Coom, little girl, get up. And she came back from the dead. I tell of that good shepherd. And in those times, in those really challenging times, I tell the good news of a shepherd who got in the murky baptismal waters with dirty sinners like you and I, and essentially declared in his baptism, which was pleasing to his father, these are 
my sheep. Didn't say those words exactly, but in his demonstration through baptism, that's what he was communicating. In those times, I tell people about our Heavenly Father's will, that those who would listen and follow his son Jesus would receive the gift of eternal life. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Do you know the assurance that he gives all his sheep? And are you willing to share that hope that you have with the people that may be beyond the wall and need of the cure that you hold in the word of Christ, the gospel? Listen to Jesus in verse 27 to 30. It's beyond the passage that was read. But if you've got your Bibles, you can look ahead. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I am and the father are one. But may you and I hear and respond to Jesus today, the good shepherd. May we make every effort to invite people to meet with the shepherd of our souls. Let me pray. Lord, thank you uh, for um, the beautiful picture of Christ that we have in these verses. Uh, The good shepherd, the serving shepherd who has drawn near, seen the brokenness, um, seen the need, um, seen what is necessary and has drawn close. The good shepherd who came to serve, the good shepherd who has come to lay down his life for his sheep so that we might have life in abundance and life in eternity. I pray that we would recognize the grace that we have received and we would be compelled by that grace to extend invitations to the lost and the least. Um, Give us boldness, give us courage, but I pray give us most of all joy in what we have received, the grace we have received, And may that be compelling to all those that experience any times in our household, um, any times in our gatherings together as as Hope Church. Lord, I I pray that you would um, use our shared life uh, to provoke people to ask questions. And may we be prepared to give a reason uh, for the hope that we have. And to do that with gentleness and humility as you teach us. For your glory we pray. Amen. Um.